Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. And one thing is always, Lord, we put the Word of God first. For Lord, the heavens and the earth will pass. It's quite unthinkable, but it's true. Because your Word is truth. And therefore, Lord, but the word of the Lord will remain forever. And he who dwells within the word will receive everlasting life. So therefore let us commit ourselves to the Lord in every possible and thinkable respect. Yield unconditionally to the King of glory so that we may live and enjoy the abundant life that you promised in scripture. We thank you for the word that lives and abides forever. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, in the knowledge of Christ Jesus, that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. Revelation knowledge of your word, coupled with understanding, we will know what to do in our futures of our lives. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all, and thank you for being here in the house of the Lord. Good to see also those people out there uh, in side hall and uh, everybody else. You know, I am also thinking, yes, once mentioned in the front here, the live streaming, streaming audience. And last week it was just amazing when I just, I just happened to see one of the stats when I uh, went in on statistical analysis. And it looked like a mountain. We normally have a spike on Sundays. Last week was like a mountain that went up. And it's amazing the people now realizing the church is active. But also we say to the rest of the people of the Little Falls Christian Center family, all of them, and they may be near and far because there's a national church also and there's an international church. And of course, this time of the day, those people out there in Australia can watch with ease. We greet Australia. We've got members of Little Force Christian Center sitting overseas in all sorts of parts of the world, and we greet them also. Let's give the Lord a praise offering and welcome everybody online with us today. To God be the glory. I said, to God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Now, I might as well start somewhere because I want to move towards Pentecost, and uh, we will celebrate our Pentecost right at the end of this month, which is the last Sunday. Uh, of uh, the month when we start. Uh, I just wanted to give the band a little bit more time to prepare themselves and at the same time to uh, get everything ready and in order. And we've got an, a very, very special event next week. That's going to be, and don't miss that one. That is very good. If you hear what I'm talking about, you'll know what I'm talking about. And then if you know, you'll be here. And um, so let's keep it a mystery for the moment. And uh, then we'll see how we go by the weekend. Okay. From the book of Luke chapter 8, verse number 18. I'm going to start moving in on the subject of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so we uh, take a few verses. And then where I end off, I will continue tonight. So those of you shifting out uh, after this particular service new group shifts in i repeat what we've done here and then tonight of course is 
still a new message also. So you'll be able to enjoy that. And um, tonight, uh, I, I think it's going to be very big. This, this, this is really what got me going. Because of this material, I am where, the, where I am now. Because I've been in a church. I grew up in church. And uh, so therefore, my life changed when the Holy Spirit came upon me. And I was filled with the Spirit of God. Now, here it says, and I think this is very important. I want to read you this from the normal translation, also the Amplified, which I think is uh, very important and insightful. That when we listen, pay attention to what we're listening to. Take therefore yid, how you hear. Luke 8, 18. How you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. Now from the Amplified Bible gives you a little bit more of an insight of what God's talking about here. He says, be careful therefore how you listen. For to him who has, in brackets, spiritual knowledge, will more be given. And from him who does not have spiritual knowledge, even what he thinks and guesses and supposes that he has will be taken away. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. I thank God sincerely for the Holy Spirit. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I don't know where I would have been today. And uh, I think a lot of us can say exactly the same thing. You know, it's sad to say, but God the Father came and they built a golden calf. He brought them out of Egypt with great signs and wonders. And uh, they built a golden calf. And uh, then, of course, after that, then the Son of God came. And what did they do with him? They crucified him. Then came the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 7. And Stephen, the first martyr, said these words to those people that were uh, of uh, the Sanhedrin. He said to them that they were stiff-necked and hard of heart and hearing. And then he makes the statement, he says, as your father resisted the, 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 the Holy Spirit, so do you. So we've got to understand, we've got to flow with the Spirit of God. And I want to lay a sure foundation on this so we can have a big time Pentecost and move that way. Because we are very much shielded by the power of God. In fact, the Apostle Peter said, kept by the power of God. That means to God over like with a military garrison. Now, from there, I want to move to Isaiah 10, 27. And it shall come to pass in that day, Isaiah 10, verse 27, Isaiah 10, verse 27, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden, his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. So imagine yourself going through this past year with a heavy load in your life. And the enemies come along and the enemy wants you to be heavily burdened all the time. But God, can you say amen? But God, God works differently. It's always God working wondrously in our midst. And I thank God that when the world goes down and they have no further answer, to know nothing, 
that we, the children of God, always have an answer. Maud said something very important this, this morning. She was speaking and saying these words, some words from Cori Ten Boom. And uh, she spoke these words. Cori Ten Boom said, you know, um, man has problems, but God's always got a plan. Is that right? Man has problems, but God's always got a plan. Question is, are you in the plan of God for your life? Because God's plan for your life is already blessed. And most people miss the plan of God and the will of God for their lives. And then they struggle along and the road is full of potholes and all kinds of bumpy surfaces and mud and uh, marshes and lots of, of, of like you would say, um, uh, clay on the wheels of the tires spinning around in the mud not able to get through that because they become heavily burdened because they're out of the will of God. It is critical for us to focus on the will of God for our lives. Can't say it more important than that. I've done everything in my power to know the word of God. I tell you now, I thank God that I know more this week than what I knew last week. I also thank God that I know more today than what I knew yesterday. And each day of my life, I increase in the knowledge of the word so that I can always know this and be acutely, acutely aware of the fact that I've studied this word of God. Now, this word for word translation, literal translation, this happens to be the new King James translation, very similar to the old King James translation, just the easier English expressionism here. But, um, uh, you know, in the beginning, you know, you'd read the Bible like this, do I do it? like in English and Afrikaans and both languages in my memory. And so I do the language Afrikaans with a lot of fine notes, English, a lot of fine notes. And then I found myself after that going through the Bible like a windshield wiper like that. And then I found it took me about 70 hours to run through the Bible. Uh, like if I start January by the beginning of February, I'm through. And then I found out uh, that it doesn't quite work always like that. First is foreknowledge of things that happened. So at university we do a study of the history of Israel, but it's a knowledge of what happened. And um, then it becomes an awareness of the Hebrew that sits here, right here, and very often the translations lose and a lot of things are lost in the English language. Now, and it should come to pass in that day to read it again that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. Burden is a load. A burden is a load. Um, and uh, it is, yeah, it's, uh, I'm just looking at the, the Hebrew word shabal, which means literally means a huge weight or a load, like a truck carries a load on your shoulder. Take it away from your shoulder. And his yoke from your neck. Those are some of the implements used on uh, oxen when they used to um, uh, put them together uh, so they can run in a certain direction and steer them. So they don't really have a will to go wherever they want to go. They go where they're told to go, where they led to go. And normally the people that drove those oxen had uh, whips with them and they would smack those whips and crack them and uh, make a noise with those things and let that poor animal go in the direction it didn't really want to go. 
workers want to go into the fields and have some green stuff. But it couldn't do that. And actually, in human terminology, it's like slavery. When you get told, I said, did you notice that the world around us globally is under that sort of control at the moment? People can't go and come do whatever they want to do. Suddenly, you do what you're told to do. But the kingdom of God forcefully advances. Can you say amen? Amen. You can't stop the kingdom of God. Doesn't matter. The burden will be taken from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. Ultimate goal of the Antichrist is completely to control society. And the yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed. Now, that word destroyed means literally, utterly, utterly eradicated from your neck because of the shemen, the anointing oil. It's the anointing oil that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing oil that takes the yoke and the burden off your shoulders. See, if you don't understand those principles in the early days when Maud and I were still like kind of young, young, very young Christians, I just, you know, got filled with the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues, the Spirit led me. And uh, I remember in those days that uh, I'd still have a, a worldly style of life because, um, you know, the, the book of Romans chapter 12 says that, uh, you know, I beseech you, brethren, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed, anachinosis, let your mind be made new. How? By the word of God. By the word of God. John 17, 7, Jesus said, sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. So as the word came in, it changed me. As the spirit came in, he changed me very much. Now suddenly I had a zeal for something I didn't know nothing about. Suddenly I discovered the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Suddenly I looked at the Bible and I could see things I never saw before in the Bible. When you dig into the Hebrew and the Greek, then you really find out that it's layers of knowledge. You never come to the end of it. Never come to the end of it. So that's why James writes and he says, Therefore receive with meekness, that's a type of attitude of humility, the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. The word is able to save your soul. Because the soul, which is the, the intellect, will, and emotions of mankind, tends to want to go in a thousand directions, and very often influenced by whatever it's being fed with. See, so the world now, through its media, pumps out violence, and uh, corruption and bad news all the time and violent movies and all of that stuff. So what fills your mind? It's a matter of what fills your mind. It's the word of God. If it's the word of God, then you just have a different way of thinking, particularly if you have the Holy Spirit on top of that. That's why you need to understand. Now, one thing that I have noticed here, maybe before I forget it, is this. That in this week, as I was going through the book of Acts, just listening to it, uh, as, as it was being read, sometimes just sit down with your headphones and I just listen to the, 
to the Bible on, on tape. And uh, it just struck me how easily, now listen to this, how easily those men and women of the old, old uh, of the, well, yeah, I wanted to say Old Testament, actually New Testament era, the, the apostles and the disciples and the early church were able to hear the Holy Spirit speak to them. The Holy Spirit said to Peter on the roof, go with him, for I have sent them to you. So he goes off with those men at the gate out there from uh, the city of Joppa all the way to Caesarea, Maritim, Caesarea Maritim, that's what the one by the sea, Caesarea. And there he goes to the house of, of, the, of, of the centurion Cordelius. And of course, he speaks the word of God and while he was yet speaking, concerning Jesus, we'll get to those verses and the anointing. The Holy Spirit fell upon them all for they heard them speak in other tongues to give glory to God. Acts 10, 44. But what happened? What happened? The Holy Spirit spoke to him. Now in Acts chapter number 13. I just cut out some because you can, you can, it talks about the church at Antioch. There were certain apostles and, and teachers there. And in that list is Paul and Barnabas. After that, he would become Paul, uh, Saul and Barnabas. He would become Paul the apostle from there. Separate none to Saul and Barnabas for the work whereunto I have ordained them. There's a calling of God in their lives. Separate them. Lay hands on them. The Holy Spirit spoke while they ministered unto the Lord. Did, did you notice that? Mali also. Always when they're ministering unto the Lord. This is what this band's going to be about over the next period of time. Want you to minister unto the Lord. Because that's when the anointing comes through. Prophet Elisha said, send me a minstrel. And the moment the minstrel started playing, he started prophesying. Elisha said those words. Man, I wish I had the whole day to teach you. Not just 10 minutes or 20 minutes. I could teach you a lot. Now... But they could hear the Holy Spirit just like that. What is it that breaks the burden? Come back to what I was saying about Maud and myself in the early days. Now, I just discovered the Holy Spirit just got filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. Still had worldly ways about me. See? Because now coming out of the world and um, now you're starting studying all over again. See? And... Um, the word's not altogether there yet. So it said from a Friday afternoon till Sunday, nonstop read the Bible. Ask more, it's true. I'd not go nowhere, just read the Bible all the way through the weekend from the book of Matthew all the way through to Revelation and again and again in six weeks, three times. Went through it the first time fast, second time, a little bit slower now because now I saw some verses that are familiar and they were standing out. And third time we were studying it, so it took me six weeks instead of just three weeks. But there are some worldly ways and mannerisms and conduct that were still with me. And um, one day I just got the morbs. Of course, nobody in this place ever got the morbs. Never, ever, not you. You look as innocent as doves this morning. And I walked, shall I rephrase, I dared to walk in the bedroom, bedroom moping. 
because of worldly situations at work and I was still in the workplace. I didn't really work full time for the Lord and I was like, and you know, you just look up at that day then or whatever you've experienced, you start moaning. And I tell you what, Maud gave me a whipping there of the tongue. She said, don't you ever dare to get morbid around me ever again. And I never did. I went in there like, mm, everything is a misery and so on. <laughs> oh yeah, sure enough, I won't moan ever again. Give the Lord a praise offering. Thank God for godly women. Godly women. Godly women. Real godly women. She was like a bloodhound on the word. Still he is. It's never changed. She would not stop with the word in the middle of the night, even now. How many times a week I catch her that she's into the word. So if I get negative, I get a tongue whipping and I don't enjoy that particularly. I don't think so. See, that's what, that's what a good wife does. Get it out of your system. So I went to pray about it. And the Lord said, you had it coming. You should know better by now. You've got some word in you. But now I could remember the scriptures. All right. Now the yoke will be destroyed. That burden goes. And the burden connected to the yoke, it's, it's on that yoke is utterly taken away from your shoulder and you walk out in liberty you're free now no longer in slavery and in bondage forced to go where you don't want to go and you live the god kind of life and as you pray and the anointing increases the anointing increases things begin to happen to you so we're still busy with only some verses here they're just like a preamble to what comes tonight because tonight I want to focus on Elijah and Elisha. And there's a specific aspect what I actually SMSed about that I'm going to cover tonight. So don't miss it. Even if you can't be here, then tonight I'll be covering some other aspect concerning those two prophets. Genesis 28, 18 says, And Jacob rose early in the morning. That's having seen the ladder in Hebrew. It's actually a stairway going up. If you see the Hebrew art, you'll see a stairway. Most beautiful Hebrew art is like a, like a spiral stairway going up all the way to heaven. And you saw the Lord on top of the angels descending and ascending up that ladder down to the earth. And he was in a place called Bethel. Bethel. And he said, wait a minute now. When that happened to him, he said, listen here. Genesis 28, 18. Jacob rose early in the morning and he took the stone, that rock that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, poured oil on top of it. Now the anointing shall be 
the, the anointing oil in the Bible, the fundamental anointing oil, or the, apart from that used in the tabernacle, anointing oil, the greatest part of anointing oil, is olive oil. Greek, elion. He poured the shemen on top of it, and he called the name of that place Beit El, house of God. But the name of that city had been called Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going. See, God's always got a plan for your life. He didn't even know it. See, here's the thing. In most cases, he's got a, well, he's got a plan for your life. And what we don't understand is that his plan is much better and bigger than anything that we could have planned. And when you step in that plan, then everything begins to happen for you. Keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, verse 21, so that I come back to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I've set up as a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give you a tenth. A tenth to you. Now that's very interesting if you look at that and you see the emphasis there in the Hebrew text where it, it speaks there. A tenth to you. Now, this place called Beit El or Bethel. Most people call it Bethel, but it's actually Beit El. And um, it's, uh, it's rolling mountains, almost like a little bit of KwaZulu-Natal with rolling hills. And there's some rolling hills in the upper, can I say, rift, the mountainous areas of Israel going up towards the mountains of Lebanon. And uh, it's a very beautiful area there. You have Jerusalem on the top of the mountains. Then you have Beit El. And then on that side, you've got uh, Shiloh, the place of the first anointing oil for the tabernacle and also of course where Samuel the prophet grew up. So this Beit El has got on the top of that hill there's a slab of natural stone that breaks the surface maybe about twice the size of this platform. If you stand on it you just double the platform. And you have this stone there one solid stone, but it's flat. It's like a bed. It's just, just flat. Now, in the ancient world, they had a little roll-up bed. They'd walk up to the place, roll it out, and uh, put something under their head. In this case, he put a stone there, and he positioned it, I suppose, in a way that it formed a resting place. They normally rolled a little mattress, roll-up mattress over it, maybe some clothes as a cushion that they used in those days, they slept on the ground. And he slept there, and that's where he saw the vision. So he takes this stone and uh, pours out oil on it, and that's the first place where you see something that's anointed in the Bible. By the law of the first mention, the first thing anointed was a rock. Who's the rock of ages? I said, who's the rock of ages? 
Now I know the winter is upon us here, but will somebody give the name of the Lord? Let me hear the name of you. Nobody can say that who is Lord? Jesus. And it's very interesting that in the archaeology, there's a trace that runs through the Temple Mount. They say they fetched that particular rock and that became the stone which the boulders rejected, which the type of Christ, that was the, uh, the, the, the boulders said this rock doesn't fit in their architecture. Tough, the entire building is going to be built around it. The stone which the builders rejected. And that stone is the rock of ages. That's Jesus Christ. See? And he made a vow. Poured out oil over it. Now, from Bethel, I went and I brought three little stones. From that very self-same spot. It's like, uh, if you look at it, you can see, and more or less the same width is like, they, they just form layers, you know. And if you pour oil on this, the olive oil from Shiloh, and you find that it turns red, like the color of blood. That to me was the most fascinating thing. And uh, so I brought this from Bethel. And why three? Because I said Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, to me, it meant so very much. First place in the Bible where a rock becomes the first thing upon which he pours out oil, makes a vow to follow the plan of God for his life and say, of everything, I'm going to give you a, a tithing. You look after me, I will give you a tithing. You guide me, I'll give you my tithing. I'll stay with you. And God did and he did. Luke 4, 18. As we still build up towards the anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, if we look at this in Luke chapter before, it says from, let me take it from the 16th verse, he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. By the way, Natsar in Hebrew means to be separated. Messiah would grow up there. There's a little synagogue there. We always visit that if we can go to Israel where he read the words, the spirit of this, this section. So he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue of the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was, there was handed to him the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he'd opened the book, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now we know what happened in the Jordan River when the Spirit of God descended like a dove upon him, the Messiah. We know that happened there. Now he goes into the wilderness and uh, he returns full of the Spirit after the temptation in the wilderness, Matthew chapter number four. Um, and he returns full of the Spirit. Now he gets back and he goes to this place called Nazareth and he goes to the synagogue and he said these words, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. Here in the Greek, it's the word krio. And uh, from krio comes the root, comes Christ, krio, 
and Christians, anointed ones and in the anointed one, Christ. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who were oppressed of the devil, and uh, of course, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He gave the book back, he closed it, and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It was a scripture concerning the Messiah himself. And right there, he got them to a place where they didn't want to hear that. They wanted to cast him over the cliff. There's those cliffs out there where you go down to the city of Nazareth. They wanted to throw him down there. But the Bible says, you know, he just walked through them. They couldn't touch him. He just walked through them. They wanted to cast him down the cliff. Today, the scripture is fulfilled. Spirit of the Lord upon him. Now, it's very strange if you think about it. Because if you go into, again, the early document, documentary evidence of Jesus during the Lord Jesus, I'd, I'd rather prefer to say, the Lord Jesus. You go through the early documentary uh, evidence of him. Those 30 years, not much is written about. But when it comes to the moment that he appeared at the Jordan River and the Spirit of God came upon him and anointed him. The perfection of perfect humanity, humanity without a sin nature born of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. And now we find that um, the Spirit of God comes upon him. And this moment when the Spirit of God comes upon him it's for a plan and for a purpose. Now, the moment you find that plan, that's when you start hearing God talking to you. And you can start discerning what's right, what's wrong. It happens through your prayer life. Notice here that it says to proclaim liberty to the captives. A lot of people don't know what the word liberty means. There's this stupid man sends out a message, says, well, a happy freedom day. And for those who are married, the battle goes on. Armas <laughs> Stomarak. Like they say, you know, there's an old saying, Dr. Neighbor used to use it, you know, used to say, you can be ugly and do something about it, but stupid is forever. Albert Einstein said these words, he said, he said, um, two things are infinite. The universe and human stupidity. Of the First one, I'm not 100% sure. Somebody you say, say, huh? 
He never commented on the second one. So you have to have 2 Corinthians um, uh, 2 verse 16 says, but we have the mind of Christ. You have to have the mind of Christ and you have to have that activated. Now, you know, um, I'm going to start really focusing on this thing of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Time chases me, you know, really chases me. I mean, I can carry on right now till tonight. Not that you'd mind about that. How many of you know how to go home now? You're all very quiet today. Dr. John G. Lake said these words. He said, in the natural realm, you have a thing called electricity. And fundamentally, if you look at electricity, what it is, it's the activation of electrons that are normally addressed or like, like even negative in their atomic environment. And then once activated, they move in a stream through conductivity materials. There's an impartation that takes place through high conductivity materials, like, for example, conda, uh, copper. Of course, the highest of the lot is silver. But if you, if, you, if you say a stream of highly conductive materials, then that is what happens there. You have to activate. It says, now, that gives you the energy to do a lot of things these days. I have cars driven with electricity and batteries that capture electricity and all sorts of methodology around that. But he said that so is the Holy Spirit in the spiritual realm. God is the imparter. God wants to impart, Acts 2 verse 38, more just quoting Acts 2 38, to all of his children. He wants to impart the Holy Spirit. What did Peter say on the day of Pentecost? He said these words. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. And then he goes on to talk about the Holy Spirit. And he says, this promise is to you and to your children and to those who are afar off, even those in South Africa. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord. Baptizo. Un dompeling, un onderdompel, onder. Greek. So, you know, God wants to grant by His grace to those who believe the Holy Spirit and He's the imparter and if we turn to him with all of our hearts, he saturates us, catch the words. He saturates us with the anointing and things begin to happen that you and I so desperately need in a world that we're living in. Well, it looks like my time's just caught me now. And we're going to uh, all stand up together and let me bless you as you go.
because I think we need to give the Lord a praise offering. I think we need to give the Lord a praise offering. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Give the Lord a praise offering. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Glory be to God forevermore. And tonight, I'll be focusing on those two prophets from another angle that you can see what happened there. Right? So, don't forget and uh, book early for next week's seats. Father, I thank you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with one and all in this place. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance over you. Be gracious to you. Grant you eternal salvation and peace. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Go in the peace of the Lord. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.